Welcome to Tech Mobility Topics. I'm Ken Chester, your host for this episode. To add your voice to the conversation, call or text the Tech Mobility Hotline. That number, 872-222-9793. Or you can email the show, talk at techmobility.show. That's talk at techmobility.show. From the Tech Mobility News Desk, a couple of stories real quick. You may recall we talked about a Vietnamese automaker called VinFast. And we talked about at length how they were going to be opening a plant in North Carolina. And that eventually they will spend some $6 billion in North Carolina, turn out all kinds of things in addition to vehicles, buses, batteries. They were going to employ a bunch of folks. It was going to be a thing. Well, like things, the best laid plans of men go awry. And in the auto industry, <laughs> happens more often than not. According to the company, they have run into what they call administrative procedural problems. And it's delaying the plans in that plant. To be clear, they had talked about initially spending $2 billion in North Carolina in Chatham County. 1,759 acre plot. That is a lot of land will initially feature an assembly line for one or more battery electric vehicles. But the, the eventual investment could rise to as much as $6.5 billion. And that's what they said in March last year, about a year ago. Their long-term plan would have given it capacity to build 150,000 passenger vehicles annually. And they will also assemble electric buses as well as batteries and motors. And they anticipated that employment, once at full strength, could be as much as 13,000 people. There are some advantages, as we've seen in recent months, to having a production facility in the market, in the United States. VinFast is no stranger to that. It will let them proactively manage its supply chain, maintain stabilized prices, and shorten product supply time, making VinFast EV more accessible to consumers. Again, if anything the pandemic taught the industry is sometimes lean can be too lean. And with all the disruptions, everybody's rethought what, where, how, why in terms of building, sourcing, maintaining, and getting close to the customers. Now, they said that they had to go through a series of steps before work on the North Carolina plant can begin in earnest. Uh, and it's, it's a nightmare. If you've never had to get land approved, there are a ton of steps, starting with zoning. And in this case, they needed an air permit from local authorities. And then they need still win a permit from the Army Corps of Engineers, showing they can minimize damage to water quality and wetlands. And then and there's lining up the financing. The car maker has already received $1.3 billion in incentives from North Carolina, the largest such package in the state's history. But they've run into administrative problems, though. So the question is, is this a hiccup in the road to where they'll overcome it and it will get built? Is this the sign of something major where either they're forced to rethink the whole thing? And also, are these incentives, can the state claw them back if they don't? do what they're supposed to do. And how long is North Carolina giving them that? Because those incentives, ladies and gentlemen, come from the taxpayer. When you see getting tax incentives, that is the, that is the taxpayer for that jurisdiction 
going without tax receipts to fund a state budget in exchange for the employment, the property taxes and other economic benefits that will come as a result of all that employment. And I would not be surprised if VinFast, like other automotive makers in the South that have come and built a big old plant, if they won't end up being the high, paying the highest wages in the area. When Nissan built their plant in Canton, Mississippi back in 04, they told us that they were pulling people, when they were at full strength, they were pulling people from every single one of Mississippi's counties. And because they were paying the highest wages in the state, other businesses were suffering because they couldn't match them. I wonder if this is going to happen if and when VinFast gets to North Carolina. Another thing to think about. After lending significant support to EV startups during the past 10 years, investors have been pulling back as of late. This has resulted in the automaker's IPO being delayed due to concerns about market conditions. I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. The auto industry requires very big patience, deep pockets. If you ain't in it for 10 to 20 years and you're not willing to spend at least 10 to $20 billion dollars, then you need to pick up your marbles and go home because you cannot play in this sandbox. It is not for the weaklings and it's not for the thinly capitalized because you will not make it. The auto industry over the last hundred years is full of a lot of companies that tried and failed at the end of the day, money, money, money. It's why you've never heard of the United States motor car company <laughs> because they went broke. GM did too, but the bankers bailed GM out. They didn't bail them out. VinFast also delayed several times the delivery of its first vehicle to an American customer. That was supposed to happen in late December, but happened earlier this month when the first 45 EVs were handed over. I didn't even know they were offering vehicles in this country. And then the big question is, where are they selling them? My guess, California. How are they selling them? Because again, are they required to have bricks and mortar and all of that? Don't know. The mid-sized VinFast VF8 is the first vehicle in its company's plan to start selling in the States. It will follow with a bigger VF9 sometime in mid-2023, if their plan holds the schedule. Two smaller models, the VF6 and VF7, could possibly also reach American showrooms before the end of the year or by early 2024. We will see if they get waylaid like so many others. Faraday Future to name one. Lordstown Motors, we talked about them. Hey it's, it, hey, it's rough out there, man. Just because you decide you want to build a vehicle doesn't mean it's going to get done. A lot of stuff needs to go right, and a lot of stuff can certainly go wrong. Shifting gears, speaking of that. With Nissan and Renault's help, Mitsubishi Motors announced its entire fleet will be electrified by 2035. They could not have done it, to be blunt, without being part of this alliance. And honestly... They also talk about in this article from my friends over at the Detroit Bureau that Mitsubishi for the first time ever topped the J.D. Power 2023 U.S. Customer Service Index, a CSI study for things gone right in the first 90 days. I can tell you why. It's pure and simple. Number one, Mitsubishi don't sell that many vehicles in the United States. Number two, the vehicle that they did go with is basically a re-engineered Nissan Rogue. And it was the best Mitsubishi branded vehicle I had ever driven. And no doubt those two things combined would push them up. My question is to Mitsubishi, if they do get the volume, can they keep it? 
It's one thing to build a small number of vehicles, do it well, and have people say wonderful things about you. It's something completely different when you're building at the scale of Mazda, I'm sorry, where General Motors or Tesla or Ford or Stellantis, when you're building millions of these and get it right. It's also an opportunity for a lot of them to get it wrong. So I, I, I take it, yay for Mitsubishi, yay for their first ever, but I still take it with a grain of salt, particularly nowadays. I want to see them build at volume. Come back to me when they've built double or triple what they're selling now. And if they can hold it then, then they have my respect. Because, you know, I mean, people love Tesla, but Tesla is building, pr coming in on a million vehicles a year. They didn't always. When they were started out, less than 100,000. It takes something to do it. They say they're growing, but Mitsubishi's growing from a small base. But to get back to it, they are going to be completely electrified in what they're offering. And the plan also describes that they've got the foundational principles under which Mitsubishi will work within the Renault, Nissan, Mitsubishi Alliance, and other global alliances. So they got a plan. And the company made sure to say to achieve their goals, Mitsubishi will move to make 50% of global sales electrified by 2030 and then 100% of the fleet by 2035. The company made sure to note that EV refers to a blend of plug-in hybrids, hybrids, and pure battery electric vehicles. They're not all pure electrics. The goal is made possible through more aggressive investment in R&D and CapEx, especially in the areas of electrification, IT, and new business, and dipping into the Renault and Nissan parts bin. Because why invent the wheel? And they don't have to. So it should be good. Uh, they expect in the next three years of business, they will see an enhanced and electrified product lineup in the market. They're talking about North America in close cooperation with Alliance member Nissan. You're listening to The Tech Mobility Show. Welcome to AONMeetings.com, your next video conferencing and webinar platform. Host your next virtual meeting or your paid webinar with registration and secure file sharing, break rooms, classrooms, and much more. With over five levels of security to know that your data is safe and secure and 100% browser-based, keep in touch with family and friends using the newest meeting platform. Go to AONMeetings.com to start your free seven-day trial. That's AONMeetings.com to start your seven-day free trial. Did you know that you could still listen to past shows of Roadworthy Drive? Ken Chester here. With the change to the Tech Mobility Show, we've taken steps to maintain our vast library of past shows for your listening pleasure. Whether you want to listen to 1, 10, or 50 of our 1,000 shows, we got you covered. Be sure to visit roadworthydrive.buzzsprout.com or roadworthydrivemoment.buzzsprout.com and subscribe. There's no recurring commitment and you can opt out at any time. We set the price super low so that access to the shows is easy and carefree. Thank you so much for your support. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Roadworthy Drive is now the Tech Mobility Show. I'm Ken Chester, your host. Every week, I delve into the current trends and topics that impact you when it comes to mobility and technology. Things are changing fast, and I cover these topics in a way that's easy to understand. By tuning into the Tech Mobility Show, you can keep informed about the latest happenings with self-driving vehicles, auto finance, electric airplanes, and more. That's the Tech Mobility Show, heard each week on this very fine radio station. The 
these days, everybody wants to be social, and we're no exception. Hi, I'm Ken Chester, host of the Tech Mobility Show. We get to share additional content that you won't find on the show. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even TikTok. Yeah, we're there. You can find us at Tech Mobility Pod on Twitter and at the Tech Mobility Show everywhere else. Check us out. Be sure to follow us. Thank you.